Welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin. I am your host. I'm a holistic hormone health coach, fertility awareness educator, and Pilates instructor. I created the Spring to Life method in 2020 to help educate other women on how to balance their hormones naturally, live cyclically, love their periods, and just live without any symptoms. So this podcast is all about sharing tools and education for you to achieve just those goals. And I'm very excited today because I have a repeat guest, Julia Kromansky-Miller of Mansky's Wellness on the show today. And we are going to dive into some nutrition topics and talk about her new product line with Mansky's Wellness. So if you haven't listened to Julia's previous episode in season one of the podcast, you go back, she's probably, I think probably like episode three or four. We talked a lot about seed cycling. She has some great seed cycling blends with her company. So if you wanna learn more about that, go ahead and listen to that episode. But Julia, give us a little introduction for those that are new to you. Hello everyone, my name is Julia. So basically I own a seed cycling company called Mansky's Wellness, like Caitlin was talking about. Um, it's all about empowering women to really put their health into their own hands. So we create functional food products that are geared towards supporting hormones, like a seed cycling kits, and also our new product that we're gonna talk about is the M-Body Bars. Basically, they're like a multivitamin and protein bar in one, but it's just about giving women simple approaches to support their hormones and making them convenient and also tasty. Um, really embracing the food first approach to hormone balance. My background's in nutrition, so I've always had a passion for nutrition ever since I was younger. Um, and I also used to do holistic health coaching. So I knew when I had a lot of women who dealt with a lot of hormonal issues, including myself coming off of birth control, I wanted to really create a company that was really, um, focusing on that type of person. Um, cause I feel like they're that type of person is typically left out a lot in today's society. So that's kind of all about how, like I started the company really where the focus is. I love it. And your seed blends, I know I love using them and I know they've been so helpful to so many women in just helping to regulate their cycles and eliminate PMS symptoms. Like it's just such a simple thing that you can add into your daily nutrition that makes such a huge difference. And I love that you are doing these nutrient bars now, the Embody bars. Was that something that at the onset of the company you thought about doing, or was that something that you kind of saw a need for? It was honestly a combination of both, because when I started the company with the seed cycling kits, it was something that I knew the seed cycling, it's not, not that it was limiting, but I knew that I wanted to create something that was for more women, um, just more times people to get their hands on it. So it started off with seed cycling, but you know, I kind of had in the back of my head that I wanted to create a more original product um, than just, you know, a kit with just the different seeds. I wanted to create something that could, you know, quote unquote, be more scalable um, in the long run. And I always love bars. And so that's kind of how it came about was when I used to do more farmers markets, more in-person, you know, field marketing types of things in my business. I noticed when I was doing the seed cycling, a lot of people were either like pregnant and, you know, wanted something to consume that was more nutritional. Um, you know, women who were even like postmenopausal, um, looking for support that way for like bone health and even just people just wanted something that was more tasty, convenient, already there. 
you know, like mm-hmm. we all do. And something that had all the foods that we really want or really needed to support our body. So um, it kind of, again, it was a mixture of both things. I always know I did the seed cycling. I wanted to create a product. I didn't know what that was, but I'm someone who always like, I love starting before I'm ready. That's kind of something <laughs> I've always done. Like I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, start selling the seed cycling kits when I did coaching. Um, and then I kind of kind of migrated more into a product-based company and started getting more feedback. So the bar idea, I would say, I knew I was going to do a bar like six months in of doing the seed cycling kits. And that was just from like doing little farmer's markets. I wasn't really selling online at the point, um, but I didn't really start doing the development of the bar until literally a year ago. Um, so that's a big thing. I definitely launched the bar like super fast. I think it was last January, but um, there's just been so many learning experiences on the way because I think I know when I sent you my bars, they were like, I think like February or March timeframe. So they've changed a lot since then. And right now I'm even looking for a co-packer. So that's incredible. Yeah. I'm Well, I mean, as someone who is constantly evolving my offerings and like just putting it out there, you know, when there's still things that need to be done, I, I can relate to that, but it's, you know, it's been successful so far for you. So it's something that people received well. And I have watched how your product has evolved over the past year, because I think, yes, I got your first iteration of the bars right after I moved to Montana. So it was February or March. And I know you've like up-leveled the packaging and like how you are producing them and everything. Um, and I do, th- I think it's really cool because there are other seed cycling companies out there, but to my knowledge, there's not any that are doing any macro or micronutrient bars the way that you are doing. And I love the quality and the content of these bars and you have three different flavors, right? They're all delicious. So maybe first tell us what sets your bars apart from like what else we're seeing in the supermarket. And then maybe you can just give a little overview of each of the flavors. Yeah, that'd be perfect. So something that I always looked at when I look at bars is how a lot of the bars and the marketing is always kind of geared toward macronutrients. That's something that's the first I want to point out because it's always about macros and there's cool because it's not a lot of education it's kind of like women's health like menstrual cycle health it's the same thing no one really understands that you know yes macronutrients are important to balance macros on your bar but everyone was leaving out the one thing that i thought was really important that was micronutrients so mm-hmm. basically if everyone doesn't know macronutrients are carbs fat and protein they, we obviously need those those are what are going to give us energy they are basically the nutrients that give us calories. So energy, really important. Um, But micronutrients are going to be vitamins and minerals. So those are really important. And that's kind of the whole concept of the bar is, you know, really using real food that's high in certain vitamins and minerals that women need in larger amounts to support our bodies. So that was the biggest thing that kind of always pointed out to me in the past couple of years that there wasn't anything like that. Um, so there's nothing like that that was going to be higher in those micronutrients. All I was seeing was things that were like natural and macro, like balanced macros, things like that. Um, and even the ones that were clean, a lot of them aren't organic. So it's another huge thing I wanted to do was create a bar that was going to have basically everything a woman needs <laughs> um, in larger amounts and something that was going to be like supporting their body. So it was the organic that I really didn't see a ton of. There's like Go Macro, the RX bar is one, like it's not organic. 
Um, a lot of them have like artificial sweeteners, sugar alcohols, natural flavors, which is basically an umbrella term. So anything can really be in natural flavors. So that's something in my bar doesn't do. We just use like real fruit or fruit powders that are freeze dried. So they're going to be way more nutritious. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things. But those are the biggest things. Also taste. A lot of them are very chalky that are a protein bar. So not only is this bar going to be higher in vitamins and minerals, real food, but it's also going to be higher in protein. Um, so we actually use grass fed collagen, which is a really important you know, ingredient that I added for, that was something that was really hard for me to do at first was not do a vegan protein. That's probably a little bit of a different conversation. Um, but that was a little bit hard because I knew a lot of my community, a little more like plant-based, but I also saw, I feel like a trend kind of going on the whole past year that people were going more animal-based. Um, mm -hmm. and I kept the grass of collagen because it helped with the taste and it helped, you know, support women, not only with their hormone health, but also their gut health. Uh, there's so many, I mean, you'll, important amino acids that are found in grass of collagen that help support the gut lining and help repair the gut lining, which is really important for regulating hormones and also bone health, joint mobility. So it's kind of hitting all those areas um, in terms of women's, you know, life stages. So that's a little about the bars um, in terms of what I didn't buy. I don't see any grass of collagen in any other bars as well. It's usually a cheap protein, like whey protein, pea protein. It's always the same thing or they don't have protein at all. And no one's really kind of focusing on like a functional food um, for the bar. So that's, that's the biggest thing I noticed in the bar category. But in terms of my flavors, um, I have a chai spice and a cherry berry and a nutty cacao. So they're all completely three different, really different tasting flavors. Um, the first one is definitely geared toward um, menstruation. So that's another thing. Basically, there are multivitamin a bar. You can have it at any time in your menstrual cycle, any life stage that you are in. Um, but they are going to have different flavor elements. Um, this is just more for fun um, and for people who love cycle syncing because the people who buy the bars are typically the ones who start off seed cycling. So basically they are each flavor is geared toward a different phase as well. Just the flavor concepts of the different superfoods that are added. So for example, the chai spice, that one is going to have turmeric, cinnamon, clove, and also ginger. The olive ginger, but this one, you're going to taste it more. Mm -hmm. um, and that one's really yummy. And then there's another one that's the cherry berry. That one is, you know, dried cherries in it. We don't have any like vegetable oils in these bars as well, which a lot of other um, bars do because it's a lot cheaper. So that's a huge thing. That was a huge learning curve as well as the, keeping the cost like not crazy. So it's going to be a sustainable <laughs> business. Um, mm -hmm. That was the hardest parts uh, of the business as well as like keeping it all organic and not having any additives, but they're hard to find. It's also hard to like keep the cost kind of like where it should be. So that was definitely a hard thing to do as well with it. But the cherry berries, pomegranate powder, cherries, um, goji berries and also maca powder as well so this is great for your follicular phase kind of after menstruation and the other one's going to be the luteal phase bar which is going to be the cacao powder sesame seeds sunflower butter we have beet powder as well in there so kind of preparing the body for menstruation so, so those nutrients are great because if anyone knows about seed cycling the um, radiant blend that's for the luteal phase of sesame sunflower seeds so I kind of have those little ingredients as well to kind of boost like b vitamins in that bar as b vitamins are really important the luteal phase just because of you know energy being lower and mood swings being more prevalent and those always help um, boost happy neurotransmitters and kind of support that phase but overall they are both like high or they're all high in micronutrients like vitamin E selenium zinc magnesium iron all those important nutrients for every single day
Love it. Yeah. They're all delicious in their own right. They are like three unique flavors that are all delicious. And I think that that's really saying something too, because there are so many bars out there that do have like this chalky flavor or like a crazy, like birthday cake flavor or something, but they're just natural ingredients and you kind of let them speak for themselves, which I think is so awesome. Um, and you spoke a little bit about the macronutrients. We love the micronutrients in the bars, but in terms of protein, how much protein are in your Embody bars? So right now we have three different bars. It's 11 to 13 grams. So one is going to be 11 grams, one's going to be 12 grams, and one's going to be 13 grams of protein. Okay. Awesome. So great, like post-workout snacks, great snacks throughout the day. And if you combine it with, you know, a beef stick or something, you've got a quick lunch on the go, um, in terms of like getting your protein anyway. So you mentioned a couple other bars on the market and I know that I have spent more time than I'd like to admit standing in front of the bar aisle in the grocery store when I'm like in a buy and honestly, when I don't have the time to be standing there, but I'm like, I need something quick to eat. And I'm looking at the labels and some of them have great amounts of protein. They've got 20 or more grams of protein, but I'm looking at the ingredients label and I can't pronounce most of the ingredients on the list. <laughs> like, why does this have to be so complicated? So I know you've done, you share a lot of great educational uh, content on your Instagram. I know you've done comparisons. So how do your bars compare to like some of the top competitors? I, especially for women, I'd say probably like the Go Macro bars, RX bars, Luna bars, Lara bars. Yeah. Yeah. Those four are really good ones because those are always the four that I feel like are typically the most common. So I'll start off with Lara bars just because that one was always one that I talked about in the beginning of the bar because they actually started off as a women's health bar. A lot of people think of Luna Bar, you know, coming from Cliff as the women's health bar on the market. So that always made me laugh because when you really break down the Luna Bar and you look at the micronutrients, they are a little bit higher in iron. They're higher in those types of nutrients, but it's just coming from synthetic sources. So it's not actually coming from real food. Um, so I always say, if you look, if you turn over the label, you're not really going to see, you know, a Brazil nut for selenium, or you're not going to see anything like that. So that's a really important one. And Luna bar, just similar to cliff bars in general, not that they're bad bars, you can't eat them, but they are going to be more higher in sugar. You're going to see like, you know, corn syrup or something like that as being like one of the top two ingredients when you look at a Luna bar. Um, and like I said, the biggest thing that always I pointed out with Luna bars is just that they weren't coming from real food sources. They were fortified against synthetic. And I, that was something I just wanted to kind of create better. Um, but that one is going to be higher in iron, but it's also not going to be high in like selenium, basically all the micronutrients I have in higher amounts, like that one's not going to have. Um, so that's a little bit the Luna bar. I, what was the next one you said? Lara bar, Lara bar. That one's once that one is going to be higher in protein or that one's not going to be higher in protein. The Luna bar is a little bit higher in protein. The Lara bar is going to be more like a sweet tooth. So I think that one was the one I actually did Instagram reel on um, comparing it. That one's great. Like I love, I love the Lara bars. I think the ingredients are really good. It's not organic. So it's the one thing is like almonds are heavily sprayed with pesticides, especially that type of nut. So Lara bars obviously has a lot of those different types of nuts in it. So just kind of be aware of that. Um, but as far as Lara bars, I always look at them as being like a great snack for like after you eat dinner or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's like a little sweet tooth, it's just date based. So it's super great. There's no added sugars in it. Like the Lara, like the Luna bar is, um, I remember that bar just having sugar. It wasn't really 
didn't have any like um, real fruit or anything like that. But the water bar is great for that. Just like four or five ingredients. So something really important to look at is making sure either has a short ingredient list or it does have a long ingredient list. Like mine's actually technically long, um, which is funny because I have so many ingredients that, but it's all good, you know, good food ingredients. But for a rule of thumb, most companies, if they're longer, that's going to be because they have more like additives and fillers and things like that. But um, the Larvar is great. Again, just keep in mind, there's no protein in it. That was one of the biggest things. It's not organic. There's not a lot of protein at all. It's just coming from nuts. I think it's like four or five grams of protein, maybe six. Um, but always for like a snack, rule of thumb is to always get a protein bar. It's going to be around like at least over 10 grams of protein, but it's mm-hmm. great. If it's like more around 12. Um, so that's like a big thing with the Lara bar. RX bar, that one's always the one that people always compare mine to when I was doing, um, uh, like grat like field marketing um in San Diego like in the beginning of the year I always got people comparing my bar like oh are you trying to make kind of X bar because it was like real food and like that was always their thing and you know time protein has all of those but and I will say um it may have been better quality you know when Peter Rahal like the you know the founder of our X bar when they did it um, but ever since it took off of Kellogg's, like you just don't really know <laughs> what you're getting. I think a lot of people are aware of that. Like, you know, the, like, I think, you know, the fruit, like what kind of fruit are they using? Like in the bar, um, there's a lot of, if you look at it on, if you look if you do your research with our exports Kellogg's, I think there's a lot of slack a little bit on it. Like, mm-hmm. is it really that clean? Um, so again, it's not organic as well. And that is a huge thing with organic foods because, when you are getting that label um, on your bar, that's a huge thing because you're you know every single ingredient um, is going to be organic, or about over ninety five percent of it is going to be organic to get the symbol. So you just don't really know where your ingredients are coming from. Um, and with something again from Kellogg's, we I think everyone kind of knows that like you just don't really know the quality, and you know versus coming from you know the founder themselves, so they obviously put more intention into it. So that's a big thing. Um, they're not organic, but also they just use egg whites. Egg whites is great; it's a great animal-based protein. But as far as being supportive for your health, um, I always say look for a more like gut-friendly type of um, protein, which is where kind of the grass-fed collagen comes in. But and flavor, I will also mention with the RX bar um, and consistency that a lot of people always told me with the RX bar that it was always seems like hard to eat. My bars are very, very soft. So that was a big point that I always wanted to do with my bar is to make something that was going to be more soft to consume um, and not like hard as a rock, like an RX bar. Um, some people love that, but some people really just don't like that because hard. And tr- I know you know what I mean. That's exactly. Uh, I was gonna say the embody bars are much easier yeah. on your jaw yeah. than yeah. an RX exactly. bar. Yeah, and people. Yeah, it's like people always say, "My like, yeah, that tastes like nothing like an RX bar." Um, so yeah, we mentioned taste with that one because there's also very date based. They don't have as many ingredients um, mm-hmm. as I do. So I'll just do a comparison with this one. I'll take a little more time with this one because I do get a lot of comparisons. Um, but that one is gonna be more kind of like Lara bar, except. It's basically RX are basically a Lara bar with protein, egg white. Um, so like nuts, dates, and um, the protein, so the egg whites. Um, however, versus mine, it's going to have like grass and collagen. It's going to have the nuts as well. But if you really look at the different types of nuts um, that I use in the seeds, that's another thing. A lot of bars do not have seeds. So, you know, like pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. And another thing is they're really expensive. Like I pick the most 
expensive nuts and seeds because they're the best, highest quality of the ones that are going to be yielding, um, you know, the micronutrients that I want in the bar. So I had to like pick those different types um, of superfoods, but rarely do you see any bars that have pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds. Again, in those protein bars, obviously you'll see them in little like granola bars and things like that. But in the type of bar that I'm talking about, you're not going to say pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, Brazil nuts. Um, you're going to see cashews and we do that for like, you know, the formula to get it the right consistency, but we also like adaptogens, um, real fruit powders. Those are really important to a lot of people use natural flavors. Again, natural flavors aren't like a bad thing either. You just don't really know like what they're coming from. It's just an umbrella term. Just kind of be aware when a product has natural flavors, but yeah, we use dried fruit powders, adaptogens, like ashwagandha, maca powder, and also different types of like fruit powders, like beet powder, pomegranate powder, other thing you don't really see in bars. Um, and also, oh, and also herbs, obviously. So the big thing and like spices, um, that's actually where we're getting our flavors. Not only freeze-dried, you know, fruit powders and just dried fruit in general, but we're also going to be putting in, you know, turmeric, cloves, cinnamon, all these are really, you know, great you know, herbs to use as medicine, great spices to use as medicine, um, a thousand milligrams of ginger. That's something that every bar has. Um, and this was definitely a hard thing to create in a bar <laughs> to give it a thousand milligrams of ginger, which has been researched back to so many things in women's health, um, like, like nausea, like period pain, even like migraines, morning sickness, things like that. And it was difficult to get it to make sure the flavor like wasn't coming out in the bars. Only the chai spice will you taste it because that's a huge flavor profile, but you won't really taste in the cherry berry or the nutty cacao um, flavor. But yeah, you're not going to see any of those kind of medicinal foods. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but that's the biggest thing is just the quality when you look at you know, the ingredients, the Embody bar versus another bar are going to realize why you're paying the price you're paying. <laughs> Let's just say that um, just due to the different types of ingredients that are, you know, in one and also the density, our bars that may be changing when I go to a co-packer. Um, but right now, the bars compared to the bars in the market is going to be way more dense. So you are going to be getting a bigger bar um, in terms of like, you know, our X bar being like 62 grams, like in terms of weight, you're going to be getting a bar that's, you know, a little bit more than that as well. So right now I think we're at 70 grams that could be changing um, with, you know, a manufacturing just depends how that goes. But right now we're still making them in a commercial kitchen. So we've been, you know, making them bigger bars, but each bar is only like 250, like 280 like calories around there. So that's going to be a lot bigger of a bar than a bar you're going to find um, on the market as well, like in our X bar, which is a little bit tinier as well. And what was the last one you said? Go macro. That mm -hmm. one's great. I actually love the go macro bar. I think it's a really great taste. But again, the same forms of the ingredients, that's really where my bar is so different. You're not going to be getting the same ingredients. And that one definitely isn't like a food as medicine bar. It is a protein bar, um, but it's not going to, it's just going to have like oats, kind of just the basic ingredients that I don't like, I don't like saying this. I should do like that company, but like, it's just like cheaper ingredients. Um, they are organic, which is great, but like, it's just going to be ingredients that aren't really going to do much like for your body in terms of having like health changes and things like that, which is really where the Embody Bar kind of comes in. It's really kind of geared with your body in mind. It's actually going to be something that's going to have, you know, health, you know, impacts on your body. Yeah. Yeah. The Go Macro Bars do taste really <laughs> delicious. And the thing, but the thing that gets me about those is they have so much sugar in them. And I feel like in relation to like what else you're getting in the bar, like it's not really justified, especially when you know, you're going for usually for like protein, not for like a sugar spike. 
<laughs> and like yeah. the inevitable crash, but they do have so many delicious flavors, but that's, that's the bone I have to pick with go back bars. I agree. Yeah. And they're not, you're right. Cause they, they are higher in sugar, but also not coming from like dates or anything like that, which I always, in my head, I always, if I see something as date and I'm like, you know, at least I know that's going to have more fiber in the bar and mm-hmm. it's going to be helping my blood sugar, especially as paired with higher fat and protein. But you're right. That's a big thing too. I completely forgot about the, they obviously don't have date in their bar. So yeah. And to your point with all of the, um, you know, you have all organic ingredients in your bars and some people might be listening and thinking, well, like, I don't really care that much because it's just like this quick thing that I'm grabbing on the go. But if you're somebody that every single day is reaching for a bar, like for your afternoon snack or for your post-workout, like protein fuel that adds up over time. And especially if it's like the sprayed almonds or whatever it is, like you if you're dealing with something like an inflammatory issue or PMS symptoms or something, why not do everything that you can to help mitigate those symptoms? So you kind of brought up, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was saying the big thing too with the bars is it's not, um, you know, because my background's in dietetics nutrition. I use kind of everything that I used in there and I built the bar off of like all of that. So that's like a big change as well. Um, it's hard to like break down every bar because they are, it's kind of, I do repeat a lot of the same things, but the basis of the bar is it's not going to be high in those different types of ingredients. It's not going to have the quality. It's not going to have the certain types of ingredients that were chosen, but that's a big thing as well that I kind of always forget about. That's like kind of the big reason as well as that's going to be formulated with, you know, by people. It was mean also, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, it was me. Like basically, my background's in dietetics. So when I formulated the bar, I wanted it to be something that was going to have like these specific ingredients to have these certain types of, you know, micronutrients in higher amounts. So that's like the basis of the bar and why it's so different from the other bars in the market. But yeah, absolutely. And you kind of brought up um, some cost comparison. So can you go into a little bit of the cost of Embody bars? I I think I've done the math a little bit on your website in the for the ingredients that you're getting, the cost is really not that much higher. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Yeah. And a big thing is that the shipping is included. Sometimes people kind of breeze through that, but shipping's a lot. Um, when you're shipping out like 12, 18, 20 bars, that goes to like three, four, four, you know, three to five pounds. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes. So I've always covered the cost of shipping my website. I don't want that to ever change. And so that is reflected. So right now for like a 12 pack, you'll probably see it more like six dollars a bar but you're also it's more like five dollars a bar basically so rule of thumb it's gonna be more like five dollars it's gonna look maybe like a little bit higher than that per bar when you look at the packages but it's because the shipping's gonna be included um in there as well but yeah the bar is around five to six is what i always say okay and then i know you have like different like bulk options so the more bars that you're buying that brings the cost down as well right yeah yeah exactly so the 28 bar count are gonna be looking more at like four to five, um, for the the thing of the bar. So yeah, if you ever, you know, love the bars, I always say that and you get a pack, a large pack, you probably saw that it's going to be a lot cheaper. It's going to be more comparative, um, to the bars you're going to see like just in the grocery store, which is great. Yeah. Especially these days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Most bars are $4, you know what I mean? The grocery store, you're right. So yeah. Um, so you kind of brought up something that, I wasn't planning on asking you about, but I would love to hear your thoughts on, um, you talking about RX being brought out, bought out by Kellogg and like, we were constantly hearing 
things about this, like Bragg's apple cider vinegar was bought by Katy Perry last year or something, and people are making their own apple cider vinegar now. What, <laughs> as a founder of like a product-based company, like what are your thoughts on that? Like, obviously you want to be a successful founder. You want your company to be profitable. Where, where do you stand on that? I, I don't know. It really, again, I can't ever put myself, but that's more of like something that happened. Like, I think that happened for them, like five to 10 years of like the bar kind of like hitting this role for them. I think it was five years for Peter Rahal, mm-hmm. if I remember right for our ex bar, but that's a hard thing. Obviously things I am, I would definitely say versus other people in the food space, I'm way more like just as I think my background, it's like, I care so much about the quality. <laughs> I think a little mm-hmm. more by anyone just as a lot of people more have background in business, you know, business, or they just don't have like that type of health background, like working one-on-one with people and kind of seeing mm-hmm. the struggles that other people see. I think it's, it, for me, it's like, you know, I, I, for other founders, I would say, yes, like they can do kind of whatever they want. A lot of the times, people don't see like what they're seeing every single day, like running a food-based business is a lot. And like, even Mm -hmm. these people who are in all these grocery stores, like that's usually what happens. They're in all these grocery stores before they ever get bought out. Like they made a ton of ton of money off of them, but it's also a lot of stress. And it's like, is this something that can be realistic, like to keep up with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just get bought out like that type of thing. So, um, for them, I definitely say, you know, it's fine for me. I can't even put myself in that situation. Like, because I mean, that'd be a very, very, very long time uh, that ever happened. But I don't know. That's a hard one personally, because again, it every single business is so different, but I just think it would be really hard to think. I don't think everyone thinks of it with these types of, you know, food-based companies. Oh, like my quality is going to be worse. I That may be bad for me to think, but I don't feel like a lot of people probably think that. I think they're just like, oh, like my baby, like that I've worked so hard for, it's going to be given up, which I think uh, you know, most people think that, but I kind of look at it from a different perspective. Like, I feel like I may be letting people down. So, you know, I don't know if I would ever do that because I know it'd be hard to see it being probably made differently. Um, and that would definitely be hard, but I don't know. That's going to be something that I would have to answer later on. Um, you know, like, everything, things change so much in five to 10 years. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just always wonder, like, especially for companies that are started with such strong values and then end up selling out to big conglomerate corporations, like they have to know what's going to happen to their brand. So I always just wonder if they're like, I, you know, I'm ready to be done with this and I'm out or, you know, there was some kind of deal worked out, um, in there. And, you know, I can only hope that for you, that some, some opportunity comes along because you do have really amazing products. You're doing wonderful things for women's health and nutrition. Um, but I also think that there's like, there's always a, you know, you always have options. There's maybe always a different way to do things and your commitment to your brand. I feel like if anyone is going to find a different way, it'll be you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. You know what I mean? Like cause the ones that like our actually did have strong values with the quality um, of the bar, but I just think again, like the stress, I think, I think that's a huge thing too. Like the stress mm-hmm. these people are facing every single day. Like it's so different from an average person's life. Um, I feel like when they get to kind of that point. So I think that's, I think that's a huge reason also why they do that as well. But yeah, I cannot even imagine running a product-based business. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just seemed like a totally different beast than doing service space. And I've even had ideas for like things totally unrelated to what I do. And that's just like, wow, that seems like a long road to go down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I always went into this being like, I did not think it was going to be that hard. I think that's what everyone always says. It's like, I didn't know it was going to be that hard, but yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good, especially if you have a strong why, you know, why you're doing it and you really care a lot about the product and the end goal of it, then it's worth it. Yeah. To that end, do you have any advice for someone that might be thinking about a product-based business or in, is in development or thinking about something like that? Yeah. I, I would first definitely say do a lot of, it's probably basic to say, um, just definitely, definitely a couple of things. First, I was going to say do a lot of research on your you know, on the market and kind of who else is in your space. Because I know when I did my company, I didn't do a ton of research. I felt I did more like field marketing, a lot more locally in San Diego, which was great to kind of get like feedback, but to make sure like, you know, all the businesses that are in your market, kind of who there's, for example, if they are going into women's health, kind of know, you know, where are you going to be in women's health? What type of, you know, age bracket and just look at what other companies are going to be in that space. Because I think a lot of times like, Oh, like the women's health market, it's super huge. But like, where are you actually heading? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, where is that going to be? Um, Like, yeah. Who are you actually going to be targeting? Because everyone has a target group in Mm -hmm. a women's health category. Everyone does. Um, So definitely like have that, but also I always say have a strong why. It's the most basic thing, but I definitely like would have probably quit like a year ago (laughs) or two (laughs) years ago if I didn't have a strong why or, or just really had like more of like a, you know, a purpose like behind the brand. So if you have that and you're really passionate about it, again, these are all really basic things to say, but you know, it does, does go a long way. And I'm sure you can even service-based. I mean, if you have a huge passion when you're starting off with a business, um, it's, it's going to make, when you're not making any money, it's going to, it's going to keep you going. I think that's a huge thing. It's product-based, you know, the huge thing. Um, so obviously it's do your research, but I think the biggest thing I'm trying to say is also make sure you're passionate about it and you have a strong why behind it, because you're not going to be making any money with product-based because everything's going to be funneled back into it to like get manufacturing and all of that. Um, and that was something that I never really realized how much money every, you know, everything was to do. But um, yeah, that's basically what keeps you going because product-based, you do have, you know, smaller margins um, than you do if you have more of like service-based, just all the overhead. So um, yeah, make sure you're passionate about it and make sure, you know, you love it that much that when you're not making any money, um, you know, it's it's going to pay off and also keep like a side job as well. If you're not working full-time, um, that's, that's a big thing as well. Cause I, I didn't work full-time. I always had like a, like a side kind of party, like nannying or like, you know, working in a cafe, something like that. Keep that going mm-hmm. as well, but live below yeah. your means thing, things like that. <laughs> Excellent pieces of advice. And I think that the niching yeah. down thing, like finding your why your brand story, whatever yeah. you want to call it is really important. I can say that, you know, the three years that I've been building my business, I've definitely had those moments, those weeks or months where I was like, I don't know if this is it, but I am so passionate about sharing this information that it just, it's something that I have to keep going at. And obviously same thing for you. And it's, you know, it's starting to pay off in the, you know, you start to see the the fruits of your labor eventually. (laughs) Exactly. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. So I think a lot of people talk about like the the fun of everything. It's all you see on Instagram is like highlight reels. I'm like you're you don't really know like you know I that's that's like a huge thing I think on Instagram for younger people especially who get into business is because you're not really seeing like you know what what they're actually doing on like the weekends or like you know how they're like supporting their business. So I think that's really important to like be straightforward that kind of stuff too. Yeah, especially now, like, I think that it's great that there are more open conversations about money and like income and earnings and stuff. But that's not the, you know, $10,000 launches, $70,000 launches is not necessarily the norm. That's something that people have tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. And then eventually you hit the money on it once you've learned from all of your mistakes and you get all that feedback. So it's really easy to fall into that comparison trap, but just, yeah, if I've learned anything, it's stay the course, stay in your lane, yeah. take, keep your blinders on. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big thing is like, focus on yourself, build yourself um, first, because there is, especially if you are, I mean, if you have a business nowadays, you probably are on social media. I mean, you know, most of the time, I think it is easy as well to not only like compare yourself, but get distracted. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? With like, mm -hmm. you know, what else is doing and like, you want to make sure you're focusing on yourself and building your brand because, you know, that's where the authenticity is. You know, if you start sometimes, you know, people always say that sometimes the Instagram experts, if you are looking at other businesses too much in your niche and what they're doing, that it starts to kind of seep into you and then you're losing the authenticity that you had. So I think that's another like really good point that you just kind of made me think about, but. That's actually something that I, especially when you're in like <clears throat> your niche down, you're in a health space, you're in women's health, your Instagram, especially for your business, that community becomes so many like-minded people, which is awesome to know that those people are out there. But I've found myself being like, oh, well, they shared that already. So I saw it. So, you know, everybody <laughs> must have seen it. And then, you know, holding myself back from creating things because I've seen other people do it so much. So I really had to um, edit and it's probably time for me to go through again and like edit down my feed so that I can just live in my own inspiration and like just channel my own thoughts into my business. I totally, yeah, I totally relate to that. <laughs> um, so shifting gears a little bit, I had another question, um, which if, hopefully you'll want to answer this question. Um, I see a lot of dietitians and nutritionists on social media who kind of, they are almost attacking the holistic health space and saying that some of the things that we preach and suggest and claim as true because they really have changed our lives are either classist or ridiculous or elitist because the main thing that I'm thinking of is seed oils because seed oils are so ubiquitous in all of the foods that we see in the grocery store. And I see this camp of these are certified professionals. These are registered dietitians and nutritionists saying that, you know, no, don't listen to those people. Seed oils are just fine for you. So what, what I, this just like, it, it's kind of like a little worm in my brain sometimes that I'm just like, man, this is so confusing for me that these people would legitimately say this so what are your feelings on that or your thoughts I, I have a lot to say on that because <laughs> my background like you know my background's in dietetics but I am not a dietitian and I always like to kind of bring up that story kind of starting this off because 
I know what they were educated on in their dietetics mm-hmm. education. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something more in the holistic health space. And I didn't know when I signed up to go nutritional sciences and dietetics, not saying I didn't, after I say this, I obviously love my education. I learned a lot from it actually really helped me formulate my own decision, like where I stood. Um, mm-hmm. I had like a very solid understanding where I stood in both functional health and more conventional. I say conventional nutrition. I don't even know that's really a term, um, but I say that because in the dietetic space, it is very clinical. It is very, you know, honey's an added sugar. You're not taught about how honey's actually raw honey, super nutritious for you. You know, mm-hmm. it just, you know what I'm trying to say? It's more kind of on like the calories. It's more kind of focused on what the FDA recommends. That's probably a little bit different other story. Um, but let's just say the education is just a lot different. Um, in terms of vegetable oils, we are taught in dietetics that it's, it's, it's fine. You know, we're taught very similar to olive oil, you know, and avocado oil, it's very equals, um, you know, so that's where they're getting that information is I always say, I feel like when I learned at, I went to Penn State, so it's a great college and everything. Everyone's taught very similar in all dietetics fields or in every dietetics program um, in any college. But what we're taught is that, um, like I said, like vegetable oil is very similar to olive oil and avocado oil. So I just don't think a lot of people who, if they don't go on their own functional health journey, if they don't go on some sort of journey that you know, they have to kind of like, for example, I always say coming off birth control. I think it's a big, a big one. I think most women go on and kind of go back to functional medicine or start functional medicine. But yeah, it's just, it's very conventional is basically what I'm trying to say. Everything's kind of funded more like what you're kind of learning is, you know, what the FDA recommends, which it's, it's fine, but you're not taught to use food as medicine. You're not in holistic health is very different. You're taught more on how to use different foods to support your body and with dietetics, it's more, you know, again, really more going to be more clinical nutrition based. And it always just feels like nothing's really updated. I always feel like mm-hmm. when I went, I was feeling like, this seems like nothing was updated. Like, you know, I think another one is like, oh, gluten and dairy, you know, I, I agree with some of that. Um, Cause gluten and dairy really aren't bad, but for some people it mm-hmm. can make them more bloated or it can be irritating them. So Hey, if like, you know, they want to cut out gluten, that's totally okay. But I also get the whole root cause that people also need to address that, you know, it could be poor gut health. So maybe if you get that in line, dairy and gluten will be fine with you. So a lot of it is just, I think there's always an asterisk with all the things people say. <laughs> I don't think, um, there's like a little misunderstanding, I feel like on both, but you know, I think that's one of the biggest two things, the gluten-free and dairy-free thing. Um, and also, like I said, the vegetable oils is a big one. When I interned um, with dietitians, that's when I knew I didn't want to be a dietitian. I thought they were super great and super nice, but um, what they are kind of taught is like artificial sweeteners are fine. I'm sure you've heard of that as well. Like that's mm-hmm. a big one. It's like, oh, like drink all the diet soda you want. I'm like, what? <laughs> like true story. Um, you know, it was like a bariatric um, private practice. It was also with diabetes as well. Like, you know, people just for plain nutrition consults, um, I interned for, and that has really woke me up to be like, I don't really think it's something I want to do. It also costs money to do a dietetic internship. So I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to kind of stay in my lane and do kind of what I always wanted to do and kind of get in like the functional medicine, like hormone health space that I wanted to do um it gets some experience after college instead like working for a school is what I did but yeah a lot of it is like fats um you know are you know limit your fats they're kind of very big on 
you know, carbohydrates are better because that's what we're taught, you know, on the, my food pyramid, everyone kind of mm-hmm. knows that it's carbohydrates are usually on the bottom, um, you know, closer to the bottom, like fats are a little more kind of the top in reality for a lot of people, like healthy fats are going to help them stay fuller. You know, I, I'm kind of that person that says like, you know, you know, if you're eating a ton of carbs and like not enough fats, uh, it's probably why you're always hungry, you know, why your blood sugar is off and kind of why we have all these chronic issues that people experience because of kind of what we're taught. And it is scary because, um, that's when nutritionists or no, dietitians specifically, um, you know, are kind of taught, we're taught that my food pair and we're taught all that. And people don't kind of go on their own health journeys. Like I went on mine very early in college, um, because I got the birth control when I was in college and that started really early on. I mean, I worked like holistic juice bars when I was younger. So luckily I had all those experiences. I didn't really kind of get, you know, kind of into that space because I definitely want to be doing what I'm doing either, but I hope that kind of clears up a lot of, hopefully that clears up things because it's just, the education is just different. That's like on this. It's very similar to kind of doctors versus functional medicine doctors. You know, yeah, we no, all- that definitely helps. Like they're taking this education they got at face value and haven't had any reason to dig a little deeper into it. And so that's what they're sharing. And I, I honestly have personal experience too. And my dad was in treatment for cancer. Um, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't, they didn't have like a dietitian or a nutritionist there, but when he's going through treatment, they're saying, well, you know, if he's just going to eat McDonald's, that's fine. Like, you know, that's, you know, better than nothing, which yeah. you could make the argument that eating McDonald's is better than eating nothing, but <laughs> there's yeah. so many things that are better than eating McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that dynamic is again, there's, you know, you know, it's just, yeah, like I said, I think the best thing is to kind of compare it in like doctors and functional medicine, doctors like dietitians, mm-hmm. like, let's say, you know, nutrition is just, it's a different education. Um, and that's kind of where they're having their health beliefs. And a lot of people similar to doctors and similar to dietitians, whether they go on their own health journey or they've had a certain client, they may totally, you know, change their kind of, you know, what, what they believe, um, just from kind of having like more experience maybe in that route. But yeah. Don't take everything. I always tell people like, don't take everything at face value and like, you know, look at it, look into it for yourself. Cause it's totally fine to have your own opinion, your own stance on something. But, um, definitely just because like everything, just because a dietitian says something, that sounds probably so bad saying that, but it is true. Since dietitian says, you know, vegetable oils are bad. Don't always the same, same with me or you like, don't, don't always just, don't always believe like one person just of a certain credential that they have. And that's so, I feel like not, I was like politically correct, but like, it's just not something that people like to hear, but it's true. It's similar, you know, to your doctor's office, just because they say something doesn't mean that you maybe you shouldn't look into it for yourself or have your own opinion on it. So I think it's just really important, like respect their people's opinions, but make sure you're going into it, you know, for yourself and looking up what's best for you and what your personal beliefs are. Yeah. Being skeptical is a good thing. And I'm sure we have a Yeah, it's a little bit. I'm sure we could do probably a whole conversation talking about the food pyramid and like the FDA, like updated recommendations. (laughs) So I'm not even going to go there right now. Um, But I do want to ask you because we just celebrated the new year. This is a really popular time to be making New Year's resolutions and trying new diets and going for weight loss and things like that. What do you have to say about that? Where, where do you stand in terms of bad diets, diet culture, new year's resolutions? 
So I would say, um, first thing is don't let your friends, it always pops up if like in the new year's There's a lot of people, they have friends, they have family all going on these diets, not always them. And they kind of always feel pressure to kind of do them. I always say do what's best for you. Um, I think it's great to make goals. Um, so definitely continue to do that. I know people don't like to hear always like the new year new means it's like, Oh, like just cause it's a new year doesn't mean same thing. Start on Monday. doesn't mean you're actually, you can start whenever or whatever, but definitely, you know, take advantage of being the new year as well. Like definitely make goals, but also, you know, do what's best for your body. Like in terms of diet culture and fad diets. Yeah. Like if you're doing something like if you're doing something initially and you know, this is not going to be realistic. I think we all have that sense in us. It's like, I don't see myself doing calorie counting for the rest of my life. And it's like, maybe, you know, I think it's a great question to ask yourself. It's just like, and you're probably going to say no, um, because it's not going to be something that's going to be realistic, but, um, you know, similar to like going keto or like eating low carb or like, you know, any of those different types of diets, juice cleanses. I mean, that's always something popular in the holistic health space. I think they've kind of faded out. I don't really hear about them <laughs> that much anymore, but you know, that's not gonna, that's definitely not gonna be something that I would recommend either. But like I said, definitely go with, you know, what's best for your body. And also don't let like friends and family, <laughs> don't let friends and family kind of dictate, you know, what you want to do. Um, so I think a lot of times when we do new year's, we always want to ask your family, like, what are they doing? And like, Oh, how about you do with me? And you know, that's not always the best either. So just make sure you make new year gold, make sure they're realistic. Sorry. That's okay. You know, I think that that's great advice because I mean, just reflecting back, like I know I've had clients, um, you know, just Pilates clients who, you know, or maybe had the goal of wanting to lose weight and they're like, oh, I'm doing the whole 30. My best friend did the whole 30 and she lost, you know, 20, 25 pounds. And I've been doing it for two months and nothing's happening. And, you know, nothing is one size fits all. And it's really, mm -hmm. I, you know, started talking in November. I was like, I am anti new year's resolution. Not that you shouldn't set goals, but like, why wait until January to just take control of your health and nutrition and just get into like a rhythm that works for you. That's why I love yep. the 80, 20 lifestyle so much because you are staying healthy. Most of the time you have your habits that keep you feeling good, but you also get to indulge and enjoy your life without restriction. I know when I was dancing, there was periods of time where I felt like, Oh, I really need to lose weight. I'm only going to eat vegetables, you know? And then, you know, I could eat plates and plates of vegetables and you're still hungry. You yeah. still have cravings. Exactly. You still go to the a corner store and buy a pint of ice cream. <laughs> exactly. That's so important. Um, yeah, exactly. I think habits and um, routines, I feel like that's even the most important. I feel like because when you build those habits and routines, that's just going to build off like what what your goals are. It's going to help you kind of have a foundation. I, I think that's the word I'm looking for. It's foundation. That's really important to have that there it's going to help build off of all other goals you have. Yeah. And like, if you have, you know, that foundation set in place, you really shouldn't feel like you need to do this major overhaul to your health and lifestyle. You know, maybe if it's something like totally new to you to approach things like that, it'll feel that way at first, but then hopefully it doesn't feel so drastic after that, once you get used to it. Exactly. 
Well, I always like to ask my guests what some of their favorite wellness um, habits or routines or practices they have right now. Do you have anything that you're really into at the moment? I feel like you know what I'm going to say, <laughs> but <laughs> definitely because I've gone into Pilates. Well, it's great. It's just like, you know, you already know the difference between the two, but I've gone into that since March. I started doing it like once a week and then when I moved to San Diego in May, I started doing it like every single day. <laughs> um, it, I love it. It's like the one exercise that I do every single day that I love that it's low impact and, you know, it's better for my hormones. I was always someone who did more like hits and just more intense workouts and just always felt bloated and like not good. Um, so this is such a different type of workout I've ever done, but I do that every single day. And it's something I look forward to every single day. I'm a big, like, pick the workout that you enjoy. Now, Legree definitely wasn't fun in the beginning, like Pilates, like definitely not fun when you're not used to it, but stick it out for a little bit and then see if you start to enjoy it. I think that's also a kind of a little asterisk I want to put there is like workouts that are new aren't always going to be super fun and be really challenging, but the longer you do them, you start to really like them maybe something that you'll fall in love with. So that's like a big thing that I started doing that I absolutely love. Just I feel like I'm not completely drained after I do it. I feel like, you know, I know you're probably, you know, you're an instructor, so I know you were all over this too, but you just feel so much more energetic. So pick something that, pick like a workout you enjoy and something that gives you energy instead of taking, taking away energy. Love it. I love it. So where can everybody find your seed cycle kits, your embody bars? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. So they can connect with me on Instagram. So Manskis underscore wellness, M-A-N-S-A-I-S um, on Instagram and on TikTok, it's Manskis wellness as well. And also my website, if you want to get the bars, manskiswellness.com. Um, and you'll see different packages there with a seed cycling kit with the bars as well. That's a little bit of more, a more formal price as well. You get the bundle option. And we have different counts as well, like 12 count, 18 counts, 28 counts of bars. And we do have a little three bar sampler pack as well. Um, if you use mBody at checkout, M-B-O-D-Y, all caps, it ends January 21st. But um, if you do want to ever just try the seed cycling subscription and that's it, there's going to be a bar um, there's going to be all three bars basically in the package for free. Um, so that's going to be like, you know, 15 to $18 value that you're going to get there for free with every single box. So that's something else, um, to look into. Awesome. I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. I have really enjoyed catching up with you, Julia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much to all of the listeners. If you're not already following the show, make sure you hit the follow button or the subscribe button so that you can get new episodes every week. And I will talk to you next week.